Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Happy Friday. How's everybody feeling today? Good, good. Well, studio audience is happy. How about the people out there in Liberty Land? If you're tuning in to us out there on the live stream, make sure that you click like and subscribe to the channel if it's your first time watching us today and you enjoy the content. We're glad to have you here. I'm Austin Peterson, the host of the Wake Up America show. And on the Wake Up America show on Fridays, we call it Freedom Family Fridays. And that's typically the day that we will talk about the news and things like that. But we usually like to have a little bit more fun because I bring my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Steffi P, into the studio. Hello. She's joining us right now. What's up, Hello. Steffi? You're looking cute. It's great to be here. You look cute today. Thank you. Nice to see you. I always like to look good for you. Thank you, Steffi. Glad to have you here today. And since it's Freedom Family, Friday, it's a, a veritable threesome oh, today. Uh, we're having a threesome? Uh, no, not that oh. kind of threesome. That would be a sin, a crime against the, the laws of nature. Joining us now live from Boston is my brother, Justin Peterson, right now. Good Hello. morning, JP. How you doing? Good. Good morning. I'm doing pretty well. You're, thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice little awkward interview. Uh, oh, the best. <laughs> Glad to have you here, Justin. Thanks so much for joining us. He's going to be here with us for the whole show. Hey, JP. I am, and I'm just white knuckling it all the way through. Uh, <laughs> it's been a really exciting week for us here on the Wake Up America show because Rumble.com has been featuring us at the top of the website. We do have to give a big shout out and a thank you to our friends at Rumble Video, Siraj Hashmi and Anang Bai for hooking us up, for uh, putting us at the very front and center. So thank you very much to Rumble Video for that, for supporting small creators like ourselves who are trying to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. Let's go ahead and warm it up. Let's talk about what we're going, we're going to talk about. Hunter Biden indicted, but not for the reasons that I really want to see on guns and drug charges. And, you know, as a libertarian, I'm kind of like, meow, and? <laughs> no, I'm like, can you not use drugs and have a gun? You would think that, you know, it, it should, is this America? For God's sakes. So we'll talk about that. Bill Maher is actually trending this morning. Uh -huh. uh, and I've got a video clip of Bill Maher talking about Hunter Biden, which I think the, our listeners will find interesting. We'll play that clip in just a few minutes. Uh, and then we'll move on. We're going to talk to about the gas prices. Justin, what's the gas price up there in Boston these days? Do you know? You know, if I just drove a car, this would be a question I would be able to answer. I was thinking about that this morning as I was getting ready. I'm like, gas prices. I'm like, <laughs> who pays gas prices? Like, I have, I, I have, don't have a car. You know, I'd have to check my local. So uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. Like local gas prices in Boston. Just Google, just Google the gas prices in Boston. I bet it's terrible here in uh, Jefferson City. I see prices as high as three dollars and sixty nine cents a gallon. I'm seeing in, I'm seeing in California, for example, that it's like five dollars and fifty cents a gallon in some places in California. Uh, Joe Biden says he's going to do what he can to get those gas prices down, and it just wow. it kind of begs the question: when the gas prices go up. It's not the president's fault. When the gas prices go down, the president gets all the credit, right? Ah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that makes complete sense. And then, because Stephanie, this Jennifer Granholm character, who's yeah, she was apparently the governor of your she state. She was the governor of Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Did you see that she got she got in trouble? Like, got the police uh, called on her job about Justin? this parking situation. Is that what this not is? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was in a hearing yesterday talking about how we haven't tried to stop the drilling of oil and gas, despite the fact that was the first thing the Biden administration did when they got in office right. was they immediately. Right halted production of new oil and gas anyway so nice. yeah have, justin have you driven an electric vehicle i've been in one but i haven't driven one okay no. they suck 
<laughs> Wait, no, are Teslas are Teslas are are they all electric or are they half and half? Uh, I think so. They're all electric. Yeah, yeah. they're all there, electric. There, there were a few electric and gas hybrids for a little while that existed, but they like they like immediately went away, and people really liked them. From it was like the Chevy Volt or something like that. People mm. were talking. Toyota does the uh, Toyota have a hybrid? I'm not sure. It's, it's that really like rectangular looking vehicle, mm. usually mm. odd shapes. There were for a little while. There were uh, vehicles that were half and halves that you they had when you ran out of your electric charge. Yeah you could actually switch the motor over to yeah which is brilliant that's what we want but for some reason they're not giving us the consumers what we actually want or they take them away so anyways for our listeners out there if you know the answers to questions like that or if you think that there are stories that we might be missing you can always text the show and let us know at 573-319-1586 again you can text the show and tell us what's on your mind today if you think there are stories that we might be missing or you just want to have your voice heard on the show we can, you can send us a text at 573-319-1586. One listener actually just texted in oh. uh, for the very first time and said, brand new listener here. Maybe you've covered him already, but I'd like to mention Brandon Herrera running to primary Tony Gonzalez. Very libertarian. I believe he'd be an entertaining guest. We've had him. We had, you did, yeah, a we, few weeks ago. Yeah, he's the AK gun guy. So Brandon Herrera was actually on the show a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. so check out that interview. We posted the full one to rumble.com. Uh, Maybe we can send them the link. And yeah, text we'll message. send them the link to that. Yep. Uh, so definitely, uh, we love to have good Liberty candidates on the show. We try and um, make it a forum for all. So make sure that you let us know if you've, there's somebody you'd like to see on the show, a guest suggestion. Again, the text lines are always open at 573-319-1586. All right, let's continue on with what else we've got at uh, 8 a.m. today. Uh, oh, Trump's COVID record. That's one. Did you watch... Much of that Megan Kelly interview, those clips that I sent you, Justin. Uh, so yeah, it's a little bit, but I have to tell you, the funny thing is, it's like anybody. I, if I was watching it, I re- immediately remembered. You know, if you remember back to the debates when he and Megan Kelly tangled, remember that was like a big story. Like yes. she, she had blood coming out of her, whatever. That. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, I was actually surprised to see Megan Kelly sit down with him just. <laughs> based on their previous history together so i was like okay let's see how this goes yes well so there was that but then remember after the debate he's like she had blood coming out of her nose right. blood coming out of her wherever wherever you know, yes what? poor megan kelly you see that? no that's why you have to refresh my memory here that see, was... i was totally rooting for you and gary johnson in 2016. right well so i was in another world to the trump stuff so yeah no. yeah yeah trump <laughs> was like and here's the thing he said coming out of her wherever which yeah. of course leads it out of her, right? Which leads it leaves it leaves out what he's her ear talking about her ear her Austin ears. it was her ears. coming out of her ears coming out of her wherever oh my lord wow right. which, which was you know p- p- I'm just all the different Trump. places blood could possibly come out of in your body I have to say though like I do give I do give Trump credit for not like bowing down to like you know the the sort of feminist energy that like tries to crush him like one of the like reasons he lost in 2020 of course was like he lost the female vote but like trump is like pure unbridled masculine energy and and you just is making that face i'm like and that is one of the reasons why so many people hate him is because he is like that he is raw unfiltered toxic masculinity do you know why the suburban housewives love him because why? he's just that way well i feel like they like they him love that kind of man i feel like they like him the same way they like some of those russian like what do they call them like dashkos or whatever the the, the russian chicks love putin and is like you know what do they call him what do they call I those love- 
Putin. What do they call those uh, uh, old Russian women when they're like old and babushkas? Like, babushkas. They, they yeah. wear babushkas. <laughs> they My wear mother babushka. would wear a babushka. Right. So yeah, just a little like scarf on her hand. Right, right. But they're yeah. like they're old, they're shriveled up, and they like see the pictures of Putin. They're like, oh, that is the real man right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's bare. That is the real yes. man. Yes. Old horny women. You know, like like oh, oh you remember me. Mother Russia? That's right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It makes sense. Already off topic here so we're supposed oh to be God, talking about trump's covid record yeah, not just that he sat down with megan kelly but megan kelly actually gave him a real interview you know it wasn't like yeah. the tucker carlson one where she, he didn't really ask him any like difficult questions you know megan did and, oh, and yeah. so we've got some clips we'll react to that it'll be a great show you don't want to miss it if jeffrey epstein killed himself i guess that was the only tough question yeah, that actually that was um trump huh? handled it pretty well yeah but uh it, you know that's not like necessarily the hardest question right. in the world because it's not about trump's record necessarily so all right uh and so we'll move on from the trump uh megan kelly interview to talk about a Florida principal forced out over a black pupils only assembly. So did you read this story, Stephanie? I did. Yeah, I read part of it. I didn't get finished with the whole thing. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely sus. She, she was forced out over an assembly for blacks only, black pupils only, uh, talking about improving their grades. Um, <laughs> you, don't you dare uh, suggest that the blacks are anything but straight A student, honor students, despite the fact that their literacy rates are falling to historic lows here in the United States. If you go into the suburban or the upper middle class white neighborhoods, the kids' grades, they're comparable to the European countries that all of the leftists say that we need to be like. When you go into the black neighborhoods here in the United States, their grades are abysmal. And it's because of the public education system in this, in this country, because the government claims that they want to help these minorities, but they don't. They don't care, right? A lot of these, these subsidies and welfare programs and a lot of the money that, go, that goes into public education goes into the white neighborhoods, right? Which is another good reason to abolish public education, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, at 8 a.m. this morning, things we can't say. A list of 14 things we can't say. Mm -hmm. Justin, I thought that you in particular might have liked this article. Did you see this in Reason mm -hmm. Magazine? I did. I, I read that, with you yeah. Last night? Yeah, and, about yeah. Reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And then at 8.30 a.m., signs uh, that you might be like Austin Peterson. Um, what? Is that really? Yes. Uh, if someone displays these 12 behaviors, they're an emotionally immature adult. Emotionally immature? Yeah, I read that last night. I, I felt I attacked last night. I read that. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I don't want to grow up. <laughs> video games it's the da, 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 there is all right anyways uh so oh my that, gosh and then justin because it's the very first time that so many people are tuning into the wake up america show and good morning to you, uh, 190 people who are with us right now Hello. Um, we're probably going to talk a little bit later on the show about justin's origin story because you know, well George. in a laboratory well, yeah, because I mean, you kind of have become a superhero, Justin. I mean, I've always looked up to you and admired you, right? I, you know, you have been, you know, key to the formulation of my, my psychology, right? You were the person who taught me to read before I ever went to school, right? You were the person who inspired me to love music and to be interested in the arts and culture and, and, uh, and philosophy. So uh, there, there's a lot of similarities between us. There's a lot of differences. Uh, and I think one of your ex-boyfriends, for example, when he met us and spent a little time with us together, was said something very similar. He goes, you guys are like the same, but not the same. 
like like the same but different. Well, your dad thought y'all were the same people on the phone yesterday. Oh, that's yep. right. Yeah. So yesterday was dad's birthday. Yeah. And uh, Justin, what what happened? You called him, and what happened? Yeah. No, I just called him and I started talking to him, have this conversation. And then about mm, a couple minutes in, he's like, you know, he started talking to me as if it was you. And he's like, oh, he's like, you got any golf clubs? He's like, you got golf clubs at your house? And I'm like, dad, this is Justin. I don't have golf clubs. And he goes, oh, I thought this was awesome. <laughs> so like, you should have just kept playing with him and see how long yeah. it took. I'm like, him dad, to can you send out. me some money? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's funny. I need five thousand dollars <laughs> and some coke and yes. some guns. <laughs> so, anyways, but when I talk about Justin's origin story, what I really talk is about when Justin took the red pill because you know a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I think COVID nineteen really accelerated it for a lot of liberals. Um, I I'm I wouldn't. I would hesitate to call you post-liberal because you are still a liberal from the technical definition, but you're more like a Bill Maher type liberal mm -hmm. who sees reason and who hasn't gone woke. Is that a Correct. pretty apt description? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. And it, it honestly, it was something that I had to learn about and study about and, and read about. It wasn't something that I was going to let just people hand to me from social media. I wasn't right. going to have my opinions handed to me by TikTok or Facebook or uh, you know, any uh, app, I was like, what's really going on in this, you know, in, in this situation. So, right. Uh, right. All right. you know, yeah, you go. Yeah. So uh, we are going to talk about that. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to, for, so Justin, uh, you're not going to be able to hear this clip that I'm going to play. Uh, if, I hope you don't mind. Uh, but give us just a moment. I'm going to play this for the audience. And unfortunately I forgot to set it up before the show because I was stupid and sometimes a little bit lazy. Yeah. yeah we we're fun. having a hanging out. Hold on. So let me get I know, I know, I know, I know. I kick. I'm my own worst critic. I'm going to play this. Being hard on you. I'm going to play this clip. It's called self-deprecatory. All right, here's <laughs> Bill Maher talking about the, the the charges against Hunter Biden. Take a listen. I was on Joe Rogan the other day, and yes, we were. I I don't understand how they can equate this equivalency between Trump and Biden, and in a lot of cases, I guess Joe's now for Trump. You know, pretty much out there. Uh, saying it. Um, do I love everything about Biden? No. But, I, I, you know, I, I just don't understand how they can look at what Trump did. Now, does the Hunter Biden scandal stink? It really does. Stinks to the high heavens. I mean, that's real corruption there that a lot of the left wing media will not cover. But it's nothing like what Trump did. Mm. I mean, there's just no equivalency to be. You can, you can say what aboutism for anything. But like I said to him, you just can't tell unlike things apart. If, yeah. you, if you see if you see that the same way. OK, so obviously, as a left liberal, he's got to say, but what Trump did is worse. So he doesn't get not invited to the cocktail parties anymore, parties. Justin. Right. But at least Bill Maher acknowledges that the that what is going on with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden stinks to high heaven. Yeah. I mean, have you been following this story much at all, Justin? A little bit. You know, my thing, you know, Mar Bill, I just, you know, I've always been a hardcore Bill fan ever way back, going way back in the day. Um, and I, uh, you know, Anybody that's going to look at both sides fairly, I'm on their team. Like if you can be, if you can be analytical at both sides. Yeah. But you know, what's going on here? I mean, it is corruption. It, and 
it's corruption that if Donald, like you said, if Donald Jr. was doing it, it would be on the paper every five minutes. It would be on the TV every five minutes. I, I just like fairness. I just want fairness in my political discourse. And I think that's, you know, I, I'm an optimist. <laughs> like, yes. I hope that we'll get that sometime, you know, but yeah. So go ahead. Sir. It's like an eye for an eye type of thing. Like, oh, well, they tried to impeach Trump. So we need to try to impeach Biden. Is it right. just like a revenge but, I mean, type of mentality? Well, but here's the problem with that is that here's the thing. So here's the indictment, right? So her first son, Hunter Biden, was indicted Thursday in Delaware by special counsel David Weiss on three counts related to lying about being addicted to crack cocaine when he bought a gun nearly five years ago, two days after the Republicans launched an impeachment inquiry into Biden's role in Hunter's foreign business dealing. So it's kind of like with the Trump indictments, it's multiple things. In, in different ways. So there's the impeachment question on one hand, uh -huh. and then there is the um, there is the the charges against Hunter Biden directly for criminal uh, wrongdoing regarding guns and drugs. Like, what does that have to do with his dad, him using drugs? No, no, no. So the impeachment has to uh -huh. do with the corruption between Hunter Biden, Joe Biden in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. When Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, it is alleged that the uh, that Ukrainian officials in oil and gas were back channeling money to Joe Biden through his son and 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 were doing pay for play scandals. So in order to gain access, so it's 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 what do they call it? There's like it's called access peddling or influence mm -hmm. peddling. So mm -hmm. the, the accusations are that Joe Biden, uh, through an intermediary, his son was connected to oil and gas in, interests in Ukraine. And now the National Archives has announced that it has like, t what, tens of thousands of emails where Vice President Joe Biden was using a pseudonym in order to have connection, contact with people in Ukraine. And, and so here's the thing. How do these politicians get rich? Right. They're not getting rich on public service. They're selling a book. Right. They're selling a book or Hunter Biden's, you know, crack addled paintings that he makes. Right. Well, it uh, was wasn't there a thing where Hunter or his Hunter Biden was sending text messages and then he was like, yeah, my dad's here with me. Wasn't yes. that one of the situations too? Yeah. Yes. So there is that as well. So that that should be brought up into the impeachment inquiry. So now that the Republicans had op have opened an impeachment inquiry, they can begin investigations. This now gives them the power of subpoena as well yeah. as limited discovery. So more information is going to come out about what then Vice President under Barack Obama, right, under uh, Vice Vice President Joe Biden was doing in regards to influence peddling with Ukraine. And, and here's the thing, Justin, like, I, I think that part of the reason why the administration is so tied up in the conflict between Russia and Ukraine is there might be a lot of documents hanging out in Kiev that the Bidens do not want Russia to have access to. Because if the Russians capture Kyiv, and if the Russians manage to get their hands on some of that data Oof. in order to screw with American elections, I, I think Russia does a data dump like they did WikiLeaks style when the DNC got hacked mm. uh, in order to embarrass uh, uh, American officials. I mean, I mean, that would be fabulous. I'm OK with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wrong. Oh, for stacking, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I like gossip. It's a little more than gossip. But, but I mean, do you remember when they hacked the DNC and they had all those WikiLeaks and Hillary Clinton's emails? Emails, yes. Hillary, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Yes, but the, you know the allegations are that Russia were the ones who hacked the DNC 
and then turn the information over to Julian Assange, which is why they want to persecute Julian Assange. They want Julian Assange to go to jail for espionage. Mm -hmm. But it's not espionage to be a journalist. If you are given information as a reporter, if Russia gave me information about Joe Biden, I would take that information. I would, I would, I would contact people that I know that have that are that are ex-military and say, please help me to redact this so that there is not a national security threat. Uh, meaning that I don't want to get our spies killed overseas. Right. Right. So, so if there are American interests that might be in danger, I would redact those names in such a way so as to protect American assets. Because right. as an America first nationalist. I, I believe in protecting American national security. Well, and is it, doesn't monarchy you also in your stuff out? What? Go ahead, Justin. Right. No, isn't in monarchy that idea? It's minimum protection of all of all the rest of us. It's like that's your job as the government is just to keep the rest of us safe, right? Right, right. Like, and and even though you know I didn't win the presidency when I ran for president of the United States, I was preparing myself to take that kind of an oath. And there's a responsibility there, which kind of like hasn't left me since like I like I started that campaign. Like you could say it was serious or not serious, but like. You know, I took it seriously, and so there's a responsibility there. I believe, as a journalist, oh, to still you should tell that to the governor of New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. What is, is Aleppo, Doctor Aleppo? <laughs> so, anyways, but the point is, is that you know, as a journalist, you know, I want to be responsible, but also, would I take that information and publish it? Absolutely. But then, yeah. would you yeah, yeah. maybe be imprisoned after Possibly, that? Possibly, yeah. And you'd have to yeah. flee the country. Well, no. no. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't flee the country. I would I would fight it on First Amendment grounds. Mm -hmm. Well, see, this is why, okay, I'm going to go liberal here, but like, this is why I think what Matt Taibbi did with the Twitter files was so important, you know, because these are, there's, it's not just the government, it's the government in bed with these giant um, mega, mega corps and communication systems that the way we talk about things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, when, when a journalist can say, hey, wait a minute, that's their job. I mean, journalists are supposed to be keeping the truth, you know, out there before the public and not be, you know, in bed with these corporations in bed with the government, like, you know, doing their basically their press releases, mm -hmm. you know, so. Well, and the media largely are lapdogs, right? Yeah. They largely are lapdogs for the administration, right? So we, we were having a conversation about this just this week with someone about, oh, I was talking to Joe Walsh. You didn't happen to hear my interview with Joe Walsh, did you? No, but I did see your retweeting of like people reacting to it. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, it's long story there with Joe Walsh, but I mean, I'm trying to get him to like to see to see common sense and come back to the light. People were very upset about that interview. There were people literally like leaving the stream. They're like, I gotta go. Well, not only were there people upset when I had Joe Walsh on my show, uh -huh. but there were people who uh, were upset when I was on Joe Walsh's show the next day. Mm -hmm. And so his people, because he has cultivated a left liberal audience and a leftist audience because he's so anti-Trump, right? So anyways, we're getting off topic here because I want to focus here on what the 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 allegations, the actual criminal allegations against Hunter Biden. Okay. The things that he's being indicted on, the things that are actually, the criminal charges being indicted on, I don't think should be crimes. And, and mm. the things that he's done that I think, you know, he should be indicted on, he's not being indicted on, right? So he allegedly slept with underage prostitutes and, and was with underage girls, right? Those, there are photographs of him th that show him with what seem to be quite obviously very young girls while mm. he is in a state of undress. And that, to me, is what he should be brought up on charges for. Yeah. Right now, the impeachment thing—that's separate. 
But the problem is, is that Justin, you've never bought a gun. Stephanie, you've never bought a gun. Uh, If you've ever bought a gun, and for those of you who are listening, you know, you fill out this form too in order to purchase a firearm that says that you are not a user or addicted to uh, illegal drugs. Oh, okay. And so therefore, Hunter Biden is being brought up on charges of it being in possession of a firearm while being also known to be addicted to crack cocaine. Yeah. Free <laughs> I mean, should that even no. be a question? Go. Should that even be a question on the gun no. form if you use drugs or not? No, it should not. And, and a circuit court recently actually just found that like that that is unconstitutional. And um, because at the time now everything has to go through the Bruin court decision, the Supreme Court decision. Justin, are you familiar with this Supreme Court decision no. on guns? No, it's uh-huh. a recent Supreme Court decision that was made called Bruin. And in in this decision, they ruled uh, that in order for any gun restriction to be passed in the United States, it has to pass a very high bar. And that high bar, one of those those measures is that it had to have been reasonably assumed that when the founding fathers wrote the Second Amendment, that the founding fathers would have placed that kind of a restriction on the on on firearms as well. Well, since the founding fathers weren't placing restrictions on people doing snuff or whatever huff or buff or whatever the hell they, you know, people were getting high on back in the day or alcohol, if you will. How much alcohol the founding fathers drank and then they went oh, yeah. and used their musket right yeah. after? Oh, for sure. Oh, now? For sure. The Boston, hello, I live in Boston, Massachusetts. Do you know that the Boston massacre that happened here happened with people that came out of the bars? Like, that's where they were coming from to start the, the Boston massacre. They were like, we're mad. And so they were all drunk. So like, this is how our country got started with a bunch of drunk people. Yeah, for sure. We got to give a big uh, shout out and thank you to Studio 314. We just dropped 10 bucks in the tip jar. Yo, what's up? Thank you, Studio. He says there should be like our number one fan. He's awesome. Yeah, he says there should be no gun form. Hunter has many things he should go to jail for other than that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Hunter Biden has done so much more. In regards to the impeachment, though, that's the real that's the real corruption. Right. The real corruption is occurring with the the pay for play scandal that should go through the impeachment process and the investigation process that is that is going to be ongoing now for the next several months is where we're going to learn more about the dirty dealings between Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and the Ukrainian oil and gas officials that they had contact with. And Austin, don't you think this is so much bigger than Watergate? I'm thinking about that. Um. Yes, I, I do think it's bigger than Watergate. Uh, Watergate was big, but this is absolutely bigger. Yes, I yes, I agree. I think that it is. And why do you think it is, Justin? No, I just think that, like, you know, everything that's going on, I always talk about, I joke with my friends. I'm like, you know, we had a revolution for less than this. <laughs> Can you refresh my memory on Watergate? I'm not really familiar for anyone who doesn't know what it is. Justin, do you want to give us a refresher? You, no, go ahead. I'll you, you, go ahead. Yeah, so Watergate. So Richard Nixon was uh, investigating his political opponents. The Democratic National Committee had their office space in the Watergate Hotel okay. in the early 1970s. And uh, Richard Nixon ordered uh, G. Gordon Liddy and several others to uh, to break into the Democratic National Committee and so he had this, uh, to spy on them and then break into them to gain access to their records and their documents to find out what their plan was, strategic plan was to beat him in the election. Oh, okay. And so he, and, and Nixon, Nixon did this to all his political opponents um, and, and through the FBI and, you know, hippies, KKK, Black Panthers, Weather Underground. But many of these groups were terrorist groups. So like the Weather Underground, for example, they deserve to be spied on. The K, the, the KKK, they deserve to be spied on. Sure. Right. The, 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 um, 
Weather Underground and the, and the Black Panthers, they were committing acts of, of terrorism. So it's legal to spy on people? It's legal to spy on people if you have a warrant. Okay. Right? And mm-hmm. so if you're if you're committing acts of terrorism, then yeah, you should... You're, and he had a warrant for these things. He had a warrant for everything but the DN, for, for the terrorist groups, okay. but not for the DNC. Now, okay. as to whether or not you could consider the DNC a terrorist group is another question. Well, it's a question for another day. Um, <laughs> something that we'll have to, to get to a little bit later. Um, so let's, uh, let's skip the oil and gas conversation. It's Friday. That's a little bit too heady. We do have 286 people watching us now this morning. Good morning. What's up? Hello. Thank you very much for tuning in. If it's your first time watching the wake up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're grateful and glad to have you here as a viewer. If it's your first time watching us here, make sure that you click and uh, click subscribe to the channel so that you can get updates whenever we go live. And Stephanie, how often do we go live? We go live Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time, and that's 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Right, and since it's Eastern over in Boston, my brother, Justin Peterson, who's joining us for Freedom Family Friday, is with us right now in Boston. Uh, Friday is the day that I bring in my lovely wife every week, and sometimes Justin comes in as well. So you can see it's just a veritable smorgasbord of Petersons here today. Hey, and we're always here. Ollies, Petersons, Ollies. Yes. No O's. If you like the the content, you enjoy the show, make sure that you subscribe and come back, set your calendar, come back and join us in the mornings. We'd be super grateful for us. Before we uh, move on to the next topic, though, this might be a good opportunity for my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife to talk about the delicious veritable smorgasbord of delicious coffees that we we offer at AP for Liberty Shop. Steph, you want to talk about that? Yes. So if you haven't heard about Founding Flavors Coffee just yet, let me tell you about it. So it is a Founding Fathers-themed coffee brand. So if you love the Founding Fathers, you can get Franklin's Electric Elixir, Washington's Revolutionary Roast, Jeffersonian Java, Thomas's Painkiller. And then we also have a decaf option, which is Betsy's Liberty Lullaby. So if you like light roast, medium roast, dark roast, or even single origin, we have Colombian, then you should try our coffee today. Yeah, my favorite is Thomas's Painkiller. That's the Colombian single origin that you can get at apforlibertyshop.com. And when you go to the website, come over here and take a look. We've got Washington's Revolutionary Roast. The prices that you see right there, a little bit, it looks like it might be more than what you might pay at the grocery store. But remember this, this is delivered to your front door and this is premium coffee. And look at the reviews, five-star reviews, five-star reviews, yeah. five-star reviews, five-star reviews. Oh my goodness. These are five-star reviews, right? The the thing about our coffee is that these are this is coffee for coffee lovers. Uh-huh. And here's the deal. You can save money on the shop if you go to our bundles page, mm-hmm. right? So our bundles page, once you add more than one, select your variant. Do you want ground? Do you want whole bean? You know, if you want ground or whole bean, you, get, you select it right there. The more you bags you buy on our bundle page, the more the savings add up. So 5%, 10%, 12% if you buy four or more bags. Some people get confused when they're trying to check out because it's like they, they forget to select their variant, right? And then it's like, how do it says you can't add it to cart. How come I can't add it to cart? It won't let me add it to cart. You have to make sure you select, do you want ground, right? Underneath it, do you want ground or do you want whole bean? And you can, uh, the savings add up when you buy more than one bag. You can also subscribe to like a month. If you love it, you can subscribe on one monthly, um, one month, two months, three months. Um, and you can, um, you know, get it delivered to your front door. It makes a great gift for people who love freedom, who love the founding fathers, who love America. 
Get it at APforLibertyShop.com. You can also see all of our awesome, great products, as well as Tiny Patriots, Stephanie's sweet little collection for kids. I made this one. I survived Roe versus Wade onesie. Very funny. But uh, Stephanie made the commander and cute little baby George Washington there. And remember, all these prices, these are all delivered. So it's it's shipping is included. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't have to worry about uh, the price going up at the end. We do get, unfortunately, stolen from by the government. They do force us to be taxed. So that's why we have, you know, get your America spilling tea since 1773 shirt there. Okay. Yeah, talking so. about the tea party just a bit ago. There you go. All right. AP4LibertyShop.com. Okay, uh, back to the news. Uh, let's see, what did we have next at 7.30? Oh, this is Donald Trump's COVID record. All right, so we're going to play some clips from Donald Trump being interviewed by Megyn Kelly regarding his COVID-19 record. Um, I have to say that, you know, Megyn Kelly is like, she's an, there's a reason why Megyn Kelly is big and famous as a journalist. Mm. She holds her feet to the fire. She doesn't care who it is. Everybody gets the same treatment uh, on the Megyn Kelly interview. Let's take a listen to this next clip here from Kelly talking to Donald Trump about his record. Fire Anthony Fauci uh, was because he'd been there for a long time, that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time in well, May. Well, I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm yet. getting there. But then in, in May, you started saying, well, he's a civil <laughs> servant. So I yeah. couldn't technically. The truth is, though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way, you yeah. made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus. Task you think force, so? That he was at every presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID, and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you oh. left office. Wouldn't you like a do-over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Well, presidential I have commendation. One went off Mark Somebody Milley probably. Uh, yes. So she the, knows her facts. Huh? Yes, she does. So uh, Megyn Kelly there is criticizing Donald Trump for giving uh, Anthony Fauci the presidential commendation for lifting up Anthony Fauci, not firing him. She asked him if he wants if he would want a do over on that. And honestly, if I was Trump, I would have said. Yeah, uh, if we know, knowing now what we know then, it would be nice to to go back and fire the guy because he's an idiot, but he's... That would be admitting wrongdoing, which yeah. I don't think Trump can do. Probably not. But I mean, Justin, as somebody who's been following Anthony Fauci since the 1980s, I mean, you, you out of all these people, like, you've probably really, I mean, your eyes were open during the pandemic as to Anthony Fauci, right? T tell us about your Anthony Fauci. Well, you know, Anthony Fauci goes all the way back to the 1980s with the AIDS virus, right? So uh, he was at the forefront of all of that. and and. The, you know, wasn't really all that appreciated by the gay community. I mean, Larry Kramer used to scream at him in his office. And if you don't know who Larry Kramer is, Larry Kramer is one of a huge anti, um, a huge uh, AIDS activist in the 1980s. Uh, wrote a play called The Normal Heart. Was an incredible activist writer, um, and he would just come in with Fauci and just go, you know, balls to the wall with Fauci. Um, you know, my thing with Fauci uh, in the in the through the COVID situation was. Uh, clearly like they, that was politicized i mean right i mean it was so it's like well was he as hated always by people on the right before because i don't i don't know the answer to that question but um you know i know you know and then of course like he's experimenting on dogs which then made a lot of people upset you know i don't know if you saw that with like the experimentation oh, yeah. like would slice their vocal folds or something I so don't they know wouldn't scream about. they wouldn't scream <laughs> You know, just oh. science. <laughs> it's alive. I'm like Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, I I just think that the whole thing was I think he's right though. Trump is right. I think if he had fired Fauci, that would have been a huge, huge brouhaha. I think he had his either way, he was kind of screwed on that one. And don't you think it would have been the right thing to do? Wasn't Anthony Fauci a snake, a liar? I mean, a, a propagandist? I mean, now we're finding out, and this is from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, this lawsuit that was being made. When Anthony Fauci would make tweets about mask mandates, there was a person here in Missouri who tweeted a disagreement with them about mask mandates for their kids in schools here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And literally immediately, Twitter went to that person and shut down their Twitter account and said, if you want to be on Twitter, you have to delete your tweets that are critical of Anthony Fauci. I mean, wow. he was like a, he was like the little dictator. I, I would call him a Hitlerite, but I think that that would be actually uh, that would be dis dishonoring Hitler, because I think that Anthony Fauci did more than anyone to not only to to do harm to people in this country directly, but he is also disgraced and also made people more suspicious of science and experts when we actually need good science and good yeah. experts. Now we we've when now we're we're more into the the depths of mysticism and mm -hmm. anti-science than we've yes. ever been, right? In in, right. in a in the 21st century. I, I see Anthony Fauci as one of the greatest evils of the 21st century, in my opinion. There's no question that he eroded the public trust in 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 expertise in medi medicine and science. And when he came out and he said something to the effect of, you know, I am the science, that was that was the moment for me where I was like, oh, you don't, no, 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 this is this is not about you, buddy. You you know, science doesn't work that way. This is not how science works. But I think it's in the in intervening years where I've really kind of been begun to see more and more of his sort of totalitarian sort of approach um, to control. I mean. Even when he says masks don't work, and it's like, well, just wear them. I'm like, well, then what is it? It's like, is it just hygiene theater? Because that's what it feels like, you know. But you, you know, you're right. I think when when somebody says, I, and I, of course, I think of Louis the the Thirteenth or something, who's like, l'état c'est moi, who said, I am the state. You know, I am the Senate. I mean, they literally put that in Star Wars, didn't they? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's like, I am the Senate. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, no, you're not, buddy. And that's not how science works. Science is a process. It's not a religion. You're not a but priest. Here's the thing. I think I think the problem is is that when and especially when it comes to the vaccines, is that Donald Trump's base is not with him on the vaccines, right? The next clip. Oh, no. Yeah, no. The next the next clip that I have is with um uh is with Donald Trump talking about. Hold on, let's see if I've got that or not. Uh, do I have it pulled up or not? Oh, ch -ch 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 -ch. no, I don't have that pulled up. So. So anyways, in this interview, Donald Trump talks about uh, Operation Warp Speed and how he was how he is approached by Democrats saying, why don't you brag more about Operation Warp Speed? You saved thousands and thousands of lives with Operation Warp Speed. Well, Donald Trump can't do that because his base, Republicans, are not big fans of Operation Warp Speed. Many of them are not big fans of the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and, and they have legitimately good reason to be skeptical of the of this specific vaccine. But Trump is in a tight spot here because his his base is very against him on that issue. So he's really kind of walking a tightrope on this, isn't he? Oh, for for sure. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I remember back to when, you know, this was all going down and Kamala Harris was like, I'm not taking that vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, she didn't you know, take the vaccine. No, I'm sure she did. But when, oh. no, when yeah, it was but Trump's vaccine. Right. Right. Like, I'm not which, taking that vaccine. Yeah. Which wasn't it? Because wasn't it sort of like begun and, and undone under his sort of presidency? So yeah. I'm like, isn't it really his vaccine? I mean, isn't that kind of what Megyn Kelly was trying to like have him do like take ownership for in that interview? I mean, am I wrong? Or yeah. is that? Yeah, because yeah. he said right. it. It saved hundreds of millions of people. Mm -hmm. Right.
but then the did Democrats didn't so want to get fast. it if it was his vaccine. So I'm like, again, that's not how science works, kids. <laughs> science doesn't go, oh, are you, are you, you know, drugs don't work that way. I mean, it's just, it's a clown world. And, and he also said that he furthered medications to help COVID. So he definitely gave himself a pat on the back about that as well. Exactly. That if you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, this is now the highest rated Wake Up America show we have ever had with the, really? the most people watching the Wake Up America uh, show. Because we're so cute. In history. Uh, we're making history right now on the Wake Up America show with 443 people now watching us live. Good God. 343? 443 oh people watching mm. us live. It's Ooh. the biggest Wake Up America show that we've ever had. And thank you for being a part of it. We're glad to have you here. Wow. Uh, let's just reset real quick. If you're just tuning in, um, I'm Austin Peterson. We're grateful and glad to have you here on the Wake Up America show. Please click like on the Rumble stream to help us to get out in more people's feeds. If you love the message of economic freedom and personal liberty, that's what we're all about here on the Wake Up America show. So if you're enjoying the content that you're seeing here today, subscribe to the channel that you're watching us on right now, because I know for a lot of people, you'll tune in for maybe 10, 15 minutes, you're getting your kids ready for school and you're like, wow, I'd like to listen to that show again. I'd like to tune in on Monday, but I forgot and I didn't subscribe. Well, don't make that mistake. Make sure that you join us every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time and join us by clicking that subscribe button. And we hope to see you again on Monday. Today's Friday, which means we usually goof off a little bit and have a little bit more fun. And it's I call it Freedom Family Friday is what it is. And that means that I bring in my beautiful wife, Stephanie Peterson, who's joining us right now. Lovely Stephanie Peterson. Give her a big happy wife. Big ups, big ups. And uh, since uh, my brother had uh, the time and he's being generous with it, he's joining us right now. My brother, Justin Peterson, is joining us here with us today. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. It's a family affair. We are family. Family matters. <laughs> song that they play at every wedding yes. and bar mitzvah. <laughs> we got, we've got AP, SP, and JP here on the Wake Up America show. Glad to have you here. Again, don't forget, click like and subscribe. Help us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. We appreciate you all very much. And we love to hear from you. You can always text the show, too. Let us know what's on your mind at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. 1586 is the text line so you can tell us what's on your mind. Maybe you think that there's a story that we're missing or if there's breaking news, sometimes planes fly into towers and I'm on the I'm on the live stream and typically I'm alone here, so I can't always follow what's happening up to the minute. So just let us know what's going on in the world if you think if there's a big breaking news item for sure we rely on you while the show is streaming to be plugged in. We appreciate you and of course all of our regulars just a year ago, it's been a year since the first episode, you know, a year and a week since our very first episode of the Wake Up America show. We get up at 4.30 a.m. to start the show, get into the, you know, the studio and get it set up. And we would stream for about 20, 30 people usually on average. And now here a year and a week later, almost 500 people watching this, this show. So please help us to build the American dream. We're trying to build a Liberty Network here and you can be a part of it by subscribing and liking the show right now. Thank you very much for that. Let's lately. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the next topic here, Justin. I thought this was an interesting one. Did you read this story about this Florida principal who claims that she was forced out over black pupils only assembly on improving grades? I'll set this up. This is a, a elementary school chief, Donnell Evanson. She stepped down from her post after increasing recalls for her removal. According to reports, fourth and fifth grade black students were, were pulled from their classrooms 
to attend an assembly on poor performance on standardized tests by African Americans. Hmm. The, the students were told they could end up quote dead or in prison. Oh no! If what? they didn't, if they did not focus on academics and elevate their grades. Staffers highlighted highlighted high-performing black students, telling their peers they could attain similar results with improved focus. This is a Florida school, um, black-only students at the assembly. Justin, first of all, one, she's right, but she's out of line, right? I mean, how did you not think that you weren't going to have your whole life and career destroyed by doing something like this? Well, like, well like, first thing that I read it, I... I, I my my first gut reaction to this was why is she playing in stereotypes? That was that was yeah. my first reaction. It's like, like well, again we have to see another person who is playing in stereotypes and is also going going through also bigotry low, low expectations, right? Mm. right? It's like, like, Explain that, Justin. What is well, the so like, bigotry of low expectations? It's like I don't, I don't expect much out of you anyway. So it's okay, you know, sort of that idea of like, we don't expect much out of you. Also to the collectivization of this whole situation, it makes me upset. Like as an individualist, I'm like, why don't you go to student by student by student and talk to them and make the case as a good educator, one-on-one, build the relationship with a student. That's what you should be doing as a teacher instead of bringing a group in and being like, okay, everybody, here's what we're going to do. Like a good, good teacher understands that every student in their class is an individual not part of a particular group so by playing into these group dynamics you're just going to the bottom of the barrel in terms of of you know your available um your ability to really work with people in one-on-one sort of situations i just think it's again it's just to me it's gross the whole thing is gross i'm like if i was an educator i'd want to meet with that kid one-on-one i'd say hey bud what's going on at home like or you know what what how can i help you or what can i do to support you you know i'm really worried about your grades i really want you to have the best opportunities in life I want you to be able to do the best you can do. You know, how do I, what do we need to do to help you get there? How you get enough sleep? Are you eating? Some of these kids don't have food at home, you know? So it's like, I try to figure out like what's going on as an educator rather than playing, again, trying to play into these racial trope stereotypes. It's just like, and that's, your and those are the only two. Yeah. So she's white. Is yeah, that correct? Yes. Okay. This makes that even worse. <laughs> if, if she were a black principal, I'm not sure if she would have stepped down. Mm-hmm. Or if people would have been mad at her because it would be like, she's trying to help the community, right? To lift them up, Mm -hmm. make them better. But I also wonder what the demographics of the school were. Mm -hmm. I mean, what percent was black and what percent is white and, you know, other races and whatnot. So I guess I have a lot more questions to really understand this. But yeah, that is totally inappropriate. I mean, Mm -hmm. because she pulled in even the high achieving students into this assembly, right? Right. Not just the low achieving students. And get this. Kids were told they would be rewarded with McDonald's meals oh, if they goodness. hit certain benchmarks. <laughs> hey, bro! I was a do, part do of the book. It, I was a is part that, of the book it promotion. Just, we got personal pan cheap, pizzas right? for reading books. Listen, you know we were pulling those books off the shelf and going, "Yeah, I'm getting that pan pizza, baby." That's right. Remember the book it programs when we would get a free pan pizza from Pizza Hut. When we, oh would, yeah, oh, so wait, that might be behind your time. I, Caesar's Pizza Kids. I'm, I married a younger, a much younger wife. All right. So, <laughs> so when we were kids, we had the Book It program. And when we would read a certain amount of books, we would get points. And then we would take those points to get a free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. 
And that was back in the day when Pizza Hut was like a delicacy. Yeah. Like With red cups. Yes. Remember the red cups? The red cups. <clears throat> and they had like the chandeliers and stuff like that and like oh. a salad bar. I mean, we never went to Pizza Hut as kids. So when we oh. got a personal pan pizza for reading books. So I guess I guess white kids read books and get pizza and black kids get their grades up and they get McDonald's. Is this the stereotype? They they, they got robbed. They got really? robbed. That's all I'm saying. Would it have been more appropriate if she called in all the students? If it was an entire school assembly and she's just like, hey, you know, we want to get all your grades up. Let's inspire each other, boost each other up. Mm -hmm. You know, just made it like like a big group, like rah, rah, hurrah, you know, let's all right. be great. I have no idea. About, like, all I know is that there are- separate people by groups. Like, yuck. Yeah. All I know is that there are 721 people watching the Wake Up America show. 23. And not only is there 723, not only is this the biggest Wake Up America show we've ever done, it's it's the biggest live stream I've ever done. When I ran for president of the United States, I would sometimes get 500, but this is now the biggest live stream we've ever done. Good morning. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad to have you here. Please click like and subscribe to the channel so you can come back when we go live, which is every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time on the Wake Up America show. It's a great way to start your day in order for you to stay informed about what's going on in the world. We talk about news, politics, gossip, relationships. And on Friday, we call it Freedom Family Friday. And this means that today's the day that I bring in my family. My wife is here with us, Stephanie Peterson, my brother, Justin Peterson, that you can see over on the other side of the screen. Uh, and we're grateful and glad to have you here. We want you to come back and join us and be a part of the family. Can I make a bold request? Go ahead, Stephanie. All of you watching out there, if you could please consider to send us some rants, that would really make our day. Stephanie, she's cyber begging. So there was a there was a Democratic Assembly candidate, Justin. Did you see this? That she's running for assembly in Maryland as it's like their House of Representatives, and her and her husband were um, having sex on camera for for cash oh. for tips. That did you see this? OnlyFans? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's called Chatterbait. Did you see this story, Justin? Oh, I passed through it. I passed through okay. it. Right. Yeah. I need to yeah. hear. I love this. It's okay. not a particular genre of porn that I'm very much into. Okay. Politi <laughs> po politician porn. Straight porn is what he means. He's not into <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Some weird type or something. No, 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 no. Well, no, it depends on what you call weird. But I mean, anyway, so no, she's she's a Democrat. Apparently, it was as early as last year. Her and her husband were. You know, doing the cyber, you know, we call it cybering back when we were want younger. Cyber you want a cyber ASL, you want a cyber. But she, her ASL. Her husband, oh ASL. my gosh, that just brought back a memory. <laughs> 13 F Mo. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ASL, ASL. Um, but anyway, so she's a Democratic candidate for House of Representatives. She's, uh, she was running for office and uh, came out that her and her husband apparently did this quite often, that they would do this for tips. So they, they were performing on camera. For money. So if she gets elected, she'll be like the first kind of like, I say, OF girl and yeah, sex worker sex. in in Congress. Although who knows, like, you know, AOC could have been doing, you know, BJ's on the side of the bar while, you know, she did this. Was she in government or like what kind of profession was she in at the time? You know what? You're asking questions. I don't she know. She was like jobless and like had no idea of her direction. One would life. think that sex work is not the kind of thing that typically most people go into by choice. I would think that this is probably the kind of thing that most people go into at the end of their ropes, unless you are some kind of like supermodel, hot, you know, giant booby kind of like, oh my God, this is what I was meant to do. 
I am like built for <laughs> this is my calling. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> yeah. you think at any point in time you're going to run for office, never make an OnlyFans account. Just yeah. don't do it. Probably a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so political porn now has a new meeting. Um, we're glad to have you here on the wake up. Go ahead. Um, Justin, this is a good time because we're nearing the end of the, uh, the first hour of the show. We still got more to go starting at 8 a.m. We're going to talk, talk about 14 things that you can't say as the culture war permeates American life. Combatants set their sights on the ways that we express ourselves, right? So we're going to talk about 14 things that you can't say, right? Uh, Greg Gutfield calls this language castration. Oh. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. And then at 8.30 a.m., we're going to talk about signs, 12 signs that someone is an emotionally immature adult. So typically on Fridays on the Wake Up America show, we start to get away from the heavier political topics and move into a little bit more lifestyle conversation stuff because my wife's here and it's more fun to talk about sex. She's a social worker. Yeah, and she's a profession, so. And Justin is a vocal coach and I am a failed presidential candidate. All right. Justin, I think I think you uh, uh we are not the same. Yeah, we are not the same. <laughs> Justin, I think people would really be interested to hear your story as you I, I say that your journey from the left, but really you describe this as the left left you. Can you explain to us a little bit about your your sort of like your journey from voting Democrat your entire life until 2020? Well, it's I'll try to make it short. But um yeah, no, I I think I was probably always on the left, and um, it wasn't until like the I'm going to tell you when it kind of started. Can I tell you? It was Tumblr. Tumblr was the first part where I was like starting to read this stuff from people on my side, where I was like, this is kind of weird and unhinged, and people were like, you know, playing fast and loose with the facts. You know, they would they would go back into things like gay history, and they would sort of retcon things in gay history, and I'm like, what is retcon? you're lying. So like you're, you're, you're telling, you're taking a story from the past and you're sort of reorganizing it to fit a modern day narrative need, right? So there's a, there's a modern need to tell a particular older story in a certain way. So I'm going to take that story and I'm going to change the story in the way I tell it in the present so that now the new present story becomes the way that people think about what happened back then rather than actually what happened back then. We're already doing this with regards to the American Revolution. We're doing this with slavery. We're doing this with a lot of American history. And so uh, when it started hitting in the gay community and happening with the, the Stonewall riots and things like that, you know, putting certain people in, in charge of Stonewall or saying this person was there or this is how it went down or, or, or we should do X today because of something that happened at Stonewall, which really didn't happen. Um, for me, that's when I started to go, wait a minute, y'all are lying. Y'all are lying. You're not telling the truth. And I'm like, the one thing we need to do in our his anyone history, anyone's history is tell the truth, you know, make sure we know what the facts are, it, no matter where they lead us and no matter how uncomfortable they make us. So, um, that's when it all kind of began to coalesce for me. And I was like, but y'all are lying. And then the, the whole gender ideological things came out and I was like, I was really going, okay, I want to be supportive. I want to be encouraging, but this is now becoming more aggressive. This is becoming more activist. It's becoming more militant. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a militant person. I, I am as a liberal, I believe in discourse. I believe that we can converse with each other. I believe we talk with each other. We try to come up with good ideas and that a good liberal democracy, and I'm pinning liberal in a big sense, is that we come together, we have conversations. Well, the problem is, is that if you're not willing to entertain conversations, right, so many of the people that are on the very far left will say, well, I'm not going to debate you. I don't need to debate you. It's self-evident. I'm like, that to me smacks of the fundamentalist religious arguments that I would have come up against when we would talk about the existence of God, right? So it, it's sort of the same thing. It's just on the other side. And so I was like, but 
so I think in some ways having that, having those skills coming from the Midwest, I was like, y'all are doing the same thing. It's just in wearing different clothes. So for me, that was where it all sort of tumbled out. And I've, I've come to refer to myself affectionately as politically non-binary because at this point I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel like I have, I want to go where the rationalists are. I want to go with the people who would care about truth. I want to go with the people who care about facts and, and can be. In, and on that topic, discomfort. Justin, sorry to interrupt on that topic. No, you and I were very much inspired in our early days with our philosophical awakening by Sam Harris, yes. who has turned away from rationalism, but right? he is, what has happened to people like him? It's, it's not only that, it's that the entire new atheist movement of the early 2000s has been co-opted by this sort of very far, far, far left progressive ideology. Which is, Cultural Marxism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, postmodernism, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they have been infected by it. And they can't see now that they're in the same sort of ideological camps and sort of dogmatic thinking that they were railing against in the early 2000s. So, I mean, the the promise too that's the other thing too the the promise of the new atheist movement was this idea that we were all just going to become more rational without god that we were all just going to become like a better more reasonable society you know and we would do more rational things guess what that was 20 years ago that hasn't come to fruition it's gotten worse people are more irrational people are more emotionally uh, they reason much more from emotion so it didn't make things quote unquote better and and some places uh, some of the atheists that I have followed for years have said, well, there's now this thing called the substitution hypothesis, which is the fact that as relationship, as religion wanes, people still have some innate desire for belief in themselves. And that belief oftentimes goes into political beliefs. Mm -hmm. So where we're at in terms of our politics, politics has become the new social religion. Uh, so it's not that religion went away. It just got substituted. Damn, it's uh, good stuff one said that libertarian is my religion it's just my life philosophy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. but the problem with the difference with that between libertarianism and marxism is that if libertarianism is your religion you're really echoing thomas Paine, where he says that that uh, the world is my church and my religion is to do good in the sense that you don't worship government right you haven't replaced liberals leftists i call them leftists leftists have replaced the idea of god with government and and so and that is why, like for example, when I was debating Joe Walsh the other day about January sixth, that is why the left was so triggered by January sixth. And you will frequently see the left invoking terms from uh, from religion in order to describe the Capitol building. They will say they attacked our sacred Capitol building, or they attacked mm. our sacred democracy. Sacred. Sacred. Yes. Those yes, like literally. literally those kinds of terms. Um, they will use those terms in order to describe their view of government because because they there some people describe it as a god shaped hole in their heart. Mm -hmm. Now I don't identify with that. I know that that probably people do. And Justin, you probably saw Bill Maher's documentary Religulous, where yeah. he went to he actually went to like prisons and he talked to people who were in jail and he asked the question. He's like. He's like, I don't feel like I have a need for a God. He says, but these people who have nothing and who are locked in these jail cells all day, they have, they have nothing else, right. but like, but they're reading the Bible and praying and praying to God, which, which tells us that there really is like this desire on behalf of humanity to see something as larger than ourselves. Yes. But that desire, which can be healthy in some people who can do good and can be missionaries and 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 the best charity in the world comes out of of churches typically um it, it can be warped 
it can turn into something dark and evil. Right. And, and it becomes like that quote of, of C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you uh, can remember. I don't know if I can remember it right off the bat. Let me look it up real quick. Um, Torture us without end. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, we were just watching this pastor the other day, and he's like bragging to the congregation. He's like, oh, I have a large mansion. Oh, yeah. My house is so <laughs> big. Well, and I'm like, why well, do we well, care? Well, let me make this, let me make this point. He said, these are the people like the Greta Thunbergs of the world the Sam Harris's of the world, the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, right? Uh, what the, of all the tyrannies, this is C.S. Lewis, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity, or his horniness, may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end. For they do so with the approval of their own conscience. What he's saying there, Justin, and I'd like you to, to respond to this, is that is that these people, like the, the climate change freaks, the, the ones who are, you know, have placed climate change as their religion, they think that they're doing good for us. So they will torture us forever because there's right. no conscience. They think they're that they're helping us by kicking us on the nuts 10, 20, 30 times a day with their regulations and high prices and their central planning. Am I correct? You're right. And it boils down to four words, right side of history, right? You see that a lot. It's, it's a way to compel you to get on their team, right? It's like, not only do you need to be right now, you need to be right 100, 200, 300, 500 years from now. Good. I mean, okay. <laughs> well, who's to say that you're on the right side of history, right? So this is always my doubt. I'm like, okay, um, People who, the Nazis thought that they were on the right side of history because they were doing it for de Vaterland, right? Yeah. They're like, we're doing it for our country. They thought they were on the right side of history. Um, people can be deluded. Hitler this is the other thing the that I just guy. don't understand why people can't understand this. We have to Do say not thank understand you how real quick. I have to say thank you to yeah. uh, Quantum Kitty. She just dropped $50 in the tip jar. Thank oh, wow. you. She sent a rant, a rumble rant. Thank you for that. Um, oh, geez. 945 people watching. It's the biggest show that I've ever done. Obviously, the biggest Wake Up America show we've ever done. Thank you to all of our viewers right now. We'd love to see you again. The Wake Up America show five days a week, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time, right here on Rumble at rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. Make sure that you click like and subscribe to the channel that you're watching us on right now. We are beyond thrilled and flattered to have such a huge audience. So obviously, we are extremely grateful to Rumble, as well as Siraj Hashmi, who has been helpful in getting us featured on the website. And of course, we are so grateful to Scott Fawn for giving us the donating this studio space for us so that we can do this show. We've been plugging away at it for a year. This, this If you wonder who we are, we're not backed by some big corporate people or anything like that. We're supported just by our audience. And we have one big sponsor, which of course is Lear Capital, which I want to talk about very briefly, because without them, I, we wouldn't have been able to, when there, when there were 30 people watching the show, Lear Capital still stepped in and said, hey, uh, we're going to support the Wake Up America show. So we want to support them. And I want to remind you that there is a $500 account credit going on right now. For those of you who are interested in investing in gold and silver, if you call the number that you see on your screen today, they will give you a $500 account credit. Just tell them, hey, I saw you, saw you from the Wake Up America show with Austin Peterson, uh, and I'd be interested in investing in gold and silver. But here's the thing, you don't have to necessarily buy it today, but what you want to do is lock it in, right? So make sure you lock that deal in. Call them today, say, hey, I'm interested in this. Um, I may not be able to buy today, but I want to lock this $500 account credit in. So 
they'll take your information, they'll get you set in, and then when you're ready to buy gold or silver, start off the right way. Why not start with a $500 discount on it, right? So call them today. The only way you can get the discount is to call them. If you just want to get more information, uh, they'll send you a gold and silver packet by visiting that website at learaustin.com. That's learaustin.com. When you're watching the Wake Up America show, it's a small business. Me and my wife, we go to great lengths to bring you the best guests, the best content five days a week, but we're a two-person business. We run a little merchandise shop. We make little rumble rants here and there and, and things like that. Uh, but the way we pay our mortgage is when Lyra Capital sends us a check. So if you want to help support the Wake Up America show and get some gold and silver in your portfolio, you can support uh, the uh, the means of economic freedom and personal liberty and uh, support your own financial freedom. So call that number, one 800 885 2175. You want to weigh in real quick on that, Steph? Can I just talk about a story about my mom? Um, my mom has been looking to invest, and we've actually been talking to her and encouraging her to talk to Lear Capital, and she actually signed up for information from them um, because we truly believe, not just for you all, but for us and our own family, that gold is a very safe and secure way to invest. Mm -hmm. You can sleep peacefully at night knowing that your gold is there. It's not going anywhere. You can always turn it in and get your money back immediately if the, you need it. Yep. Thank you very much for that, Stephanie. Absolutely. And uh, thank you to Lear Capital for supporting the Wake Up America show. We appreciate you very much. Don't forget, call that number, write it down, lock in that $500 account credit, 1-800-885-2175. That's 1-800-885-2175. Two one seven five. Uh, Camelia just sent me a text saying, "Holy, over. Hold on, let me hit the button. Holy, over nine hundred. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we almost had a thousand people watching just a few minutes ago. But uh, anyways, I, I just want to continue very briefly, Justin, that uh, the discussion that we were having there. We were talking about you want to be where the rationalists are because yeah. I, I'd like to to bring it back to this discussion of sort of how you feel like the left. You didn't leave the left, but the left left you." And so you, Justin, voted Republican for the first time in your life in 2020? Yeah, that's right. Why? Yeah, that's right. And well, and because the thing is that I realized that one, it's not in voting for whoever we vote for, in, especially in leadership positions, you're not often voting for them. You're voting for the administrative factions that come along with them. And those are the people that do the work. You know, the person at the top is really just a figurehead, really. It's the administrative state that sort of lives underneath them. Those are the ones pushing policies, writing theirs, going to those horrific, horribly boring meetings, you know, doing all of the grunt work. And I'm like, that's really what you're voting for. And I thought, well, do I want more of that? Because here's the thing. I, I can't get away from this, this feeling that I really love America. I'm not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> Hell, yes. Hold on. We, you know? We've got some... We've got some audio for that. From now it's, on, <laughs> hold on, it's going to be America first, okay? America, America first. first. Justin couldn't hear it, but that was Donald Trump saying, from now on, it's going to be America <laughs> first. America well, first. Hell yes. I don't know. I just, and it's not jingoistic. Me too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's not jingoistic in the terms of like, my country's always right. I mean, that's yeah. stupid. Yes. I mean, that's dumb. But what we've managed to do as a nation and our history and our incredible I mean, gosh, I just think about it even just in terms of music, like right as a music teacher, I'm like, look at the incredible music that this country has created, whether it's country, jazz, folk, rhythm and blues. I mean, we are amazing. And I just, um, you know, I, I'm not a, a willing to go along with a political narrative that is predicated on hating the country, hating it, its 
Oh, it's called oikophobia. It's actually a new term that I learned. Wow. Oikophobia. Oikophobia is a term that means literally hatred of one's home. It's hatred of one's home. And so there's a lot of political stuff, you know, especially when the left goes said, I don't feel comfortable going down the street and seeing American flags. I'm like, well, you have oikophobia. Yes. That's what that is. You're an oikophobe. It needs to be and a DSM so- diagnosis. <laughs> well, there's a really good book. I think I can't remember the author. I mean, you're asking me to come off with uh, it's Oikophobia. The name is the name of the book, and it is about this hatred of the West and hatred of Western culture. And I was just like, I'm a liberal arts dude, man. I I went to school for liberal arts. Like I went for appreciating the canon of musical history in this world and like Western civilization. You know, completely plato shakespeare all of these things and like when when i started seeing the left going we're going to decolonize this and we're going to tear all this down i was like oh bro i'm out i'm out then i'm not on your side i'm not on your side because the treasures of western civilization to me are worth saving you know that's why when i see people who throw oil uh, on paintings mm-hmm. literally i'm like death kill them right now <laughs> like just <laughs> cut off their hands penalty for throwing oil on a really table. like i'm just like that's where i'm like you philistines you philistines like you know i'm like take them to the gulag cut off their heads i'm like they're you're gonna get demonetized Jesus. sorry austin because <laughs> oh, i'm like no we can say this on rumble but like the sacredness of that stuff like the beauty the try the priceless treasures of our of our civilization's inheritance you know beauty of the earth just like i i I couldn't i couldn't do that and i was like well that i don't belong to you so then i was like well then am i a conservative because i'm like well what do conservatives want to conserve and i'm like well i guess i want to conserve art and i want to conserve culture and i want to conserve beauty and music and the fine beautiful things of life so i'm like but then i don't see conservatives wanting to do that right one of us 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 justin you the claw the claw you might be a libertarian is he a libertarian folks a yay or is he a still a godless liberal libertarian and type two for godless liberal If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show this morning, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad to have you here. God, the biggest show we've ever had. Great success. Um, We're glad to have you here. Uh, Today's Friday on the Wake Up America show. We do the show every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. So make sure that you come back and join us. Before you leave, subscribe to the channel so that way it's easy to find us. They call me AP, AP for Liberty on all the social networks. On Fridays, we usually like to switch it up, and I bring in my my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Steffi P, for who's here with us right now. Nice to see you, Steffi. Yes, I know. She makes me so horny. Stephanie Peterson joining us right now. She joins us every Friday on the Wake Up America show. She's a licensed social worker and therapist, uh, and she is uh, my inspiration for all that I do. My brother, Justin Peterson, was the inspiration for everything that I did. From about the ages of zero to 14 to 15 years old until he went to college and left me on my own. Uh, my brother, Justin <laughs> Peterson, is here with us now, uh, and he's live from Boston, and he is a vocal coach, opera singer, uh, has a master's degree like my wife. You're both more educated than I am. Right. Yes. So yeah, Justin. Equal. He's your equal, yes. Yeah. We, we were talking nope. about um, women marrying up, Justin. Oh, yeah. In regards to like, um, like, because boys underperform in academics. We were talking about this compared to girls for the last hundred okay. years. I had a, a woman on yesterday by the name of Erica Komisar. She wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal about how uh, schools are hostile to boys. 
mm-hmm. because we have testosterone and we want to run around and we want, you know, we've got a lot of energy and, you know, the, that's not, that's punished in schools, uh, right? It's not sitting down, you know, they, they drug us up with Ritalin and then mm-hmm. they unleash us on the world and, and talk about, to call us toxically max, masculine. Mm-hmm. But anyways, one of the things that was interesting in this Wall Street Journal piece that she mentioned, Justin, was this concept that uh, women who have advanced degrees they all they women tend to want to date up a man will this is this this is breeder talk men, <laughs> men when we want to when we want to date women or we want to marry a woman like we'll marry a waitress like we don't care like if we, a billionaire can marry a waitress but a but a waitress but like a, a woman who is like a highly educated woman who has a degree who maybe has a high-powered job she's not going to marry a mcdonald's worker right makes sense I yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would bridle at that comparison though, because I have a, I have a counterpoint to it. But go ahead, keep going. I'm speaking in generalities, right? Of course, there, there are exceptions to every rule, but it's typically not the best idea is to spend all your time talking about exceptions to rules, right? Learn the math. Well, I, I think the way things are going, because men aren't going to college either, right? Men, mm-hmm. By and large, men are not going to school. Yeah, it's so what does that mean? Women. So what does that mean? That means men don't have college debt. So it's much it much more behooves a woman who's highly educated to date a man who doesn't have a college education because he's not going to be saddled with debt. But then now the power goes back to him because now it's really on him to say, do I want to marry this woman who went to college and now I have to take on her debt as a burden? So it really puts the game back in the man's hands again, if you think about it, because now the man who didn't go to school, who's a plumber and who's maybe making one hundred thousand dollars a year or more electrician who's doing, you know, these blue collar jobs. Well, now. He's come out of trade school and he's making buku dollars. They don't this- see it that way because it's not just about money. Because if you're a high powered woman with a highfalutin career, you know, how, how are you going to tell the, the the gossip group that you are married to a plumber? Funny. They look Funny. down Isn't that on the thing on, with the no, Harlequin it's not, romance. It's not though. just about money; it's about status. Status. But doesn't that go into the Harlequin romance of like the one who's like the rough hewn man who comes over the prairie and he's like, right, woman, we're and talking the horse about you. and he's. <laughs> and he's got the horse. Okay. No, Steffi, you are not a good example of the norm. You know what you want. You can say what you want. Candidate, because I wanted a successful man that would make me feel secure and prosperous. But let's be real. You had more money than I did when we started when we started dating yeah, because because lots of money. Lots of people to do. There's some stupid article out there that says like I'm a multimillionaire, which I'm definitely not, right? You better definitely a millionaire. But here's the thing, okay. but it wasn't okay. it wasn't the money. It wasn't you weren't attracted to me because of money. You were attracted to me because of status. And that's my point here. Is that a woman who is a, a who has status, who has a degree, who has like a high-powered job, she doesn't want to date a plumber no matter how much money he makes because he doesn't have status. They want social. Mm. Women are climbers and they want to uh, to be with a man who is of a higher status than they are, right? Like it, mm. it, money is one thing, yes, but status is another thing, and that is what is difficult, more difficult to quantify than just making fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars a year. Am I right? I, yeah, I was... and oh, sorry, go. Justin, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that you know, um, there. I mean. Should I say what I want to say? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, Melania Trump, evidently, you know, a great example of a woman who, you know, went for status, you know, right. um, do I and think money. that I don't and money. Right. Um, but I don't I mean, we're talking those, you know, that's a different breed of animal altogether. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think that when more and more men start stop, stop going to school, the dating, the dating pool is already hard enough for straight people that it says it is. 
right? It's already hard enough for people as it is. So people are looking for a unicorn. And I'm like, and what always kills me is like people get into relationships with people and they, they get 80% of what they want, right? Which is great. 20% you're not going to get, but then they start bitching about the 20% they don't get. And I'm like, you don't understand how hard it takes to find 80% of what you want in a person. Like, right. but there's like, there's this thing called the female delusion calculator. It's like a website that you, and like women have to like, when you ask the women, the questions, like, what kind of man are you interested in? Do you want him to be married or not? Okay. So if oh. they're not married, you know, and then once you start to get down to, do you want him to be obese or not? How much money do you want him to make or not? <clears throat> when they, you sit down and you complete the female delusion calculator, and then you ask the woman, what is, uh, what percentage of men do you think? uh uh it, are there that fit this criteria they usually say 50 percent or like 30 percent mm -hmm. and almost always it's like it's either 0.02 percent or it's like at best it's like two or three percent of men actually fit the qualifications and the standards that most women have because unfortunately what we've done when we have when we have freed women from their gender roles without correspondingly freeing men from their gender roles because women are largely free from their gender roles. They're free to seek out uh, um, largely masculine careers or pursuits, and men are not largely free to pursue feminine pursuits, et cetera. You know, talking about our emotions, our feelings, right? Being teachers, like to kindergartners and things like that, or being, you know, male nurses to an extent have, are still, uh, it, I'm not, it's not taboo, but it's still like, it's, it, there's a little bit of a stigma, you know, to, to be a male nurse to some degree, right? So, so men are still very much locked into their gender roles. Women are largely not. So, with the fact that men have to, women have to com men have to compete with women in the workforce, men have to compete with women in academia, and men and men and women are now competing rather than copacetic, rather than having a symbiotic relationship. It's become a competitive relationship between males and females. That now we see uh, the what we call disequilibrium in the dating pool, where you mm -hmm. have these all of these high status women. Who want men of higher status and I'll, and I'll close with this point and i'd like to get your reaction to it the delusion continues it, it doesn't matter it goes all the way from the top to the bottom in terms of socioeconomic status on females the delusion i call it the female delusion exists all the way from the the big boss the big boss bad uh, the big you know girl boss yes queen slay at the top to all the way to the bottom the mcdonald's worker to the girl on welfare with three pit bulls and 20 kids but what that delusion is, is what I asked Erica Komisar yesterday in the interview, I said, okay, so what is the solution here? If women prefer to marry up, they prefer to date up. And Stephanie in the car this morning said, yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. Women are allowed to date up. They, you know, they're free to date up and they should, they should be, I'm almost done. And they're free to marry up and date up, but, and that's what they want. And I'm, and, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. If that's what they want, because they are certainly not going to lower their standards and how dare you even suggest that they should. So I asked Erica Komisar, what is the solution then? If women should not be told to lower their standards, what is the solution? Well, the solution Erica says is we need to make change all of academia to make it less hostile to boys so that boys can then go on and get advanced, more advanced degrees to make more money and have higher status and make more money than women? I'm sorry, but that doesn't sound, that sounds just as unfeasible as asking women to say, hey, maybe you should consider dating the guy who works at McDonald's. Or your plumber or your electrician, right? Can I just say there's an evolutionary- No, you can't. No, this. yes, you can. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, it goes wow. back to biology. 
Let's I mean, women like to be with higher value men because of survival. Okay. You're more likely to have your family and your children be protected when you're with a man who is successful. And, and so how can we fight how we're programmed? Is that possible to do that? And sure, we can do that with logic, but we're always going to be attracted to what we're attracted to. It's hard to turn that off. Mm -hmm. So how do I turn that off? No, you can't. I and like, you're right. You're right. Go ahead, Justin. And I think it's a bigger question. People need to really sit down with a piece of paper and they really need to write down what is it they actually want in another person. You know, we don't really think about that very much. We sort of play the dice and we sort of get whatever hand we're dealt, but we really don't sit down and say, what am I willing to work with in a relationship in terms of, you know, the person and what, what, where can I give? You see, because if you think you're going to get everything you want all the time, well, I'm here to tell you that's not how relationships work. It's about compromise. Yeah. And so when people can sit down and really think about who is it that I would want to be with, you know, what, what would the relationship with their family be like? What would their social status be like? What would their religious beliefs be like? You know, you're more likely to then weed out, you know, any, any takers or comers as they come along. But we don't oftentimes spend enough time reflecting about who should I be with? And being more picky about that and saying, you know what, I, being picky is okay, you know, um, to get what you want. Um, and knowing that you're not going to get, again, everything in one person. One person cannot be therapist, financial advisor, spiritual counselor, housekeeper. No one person can hold all of those roles. Are, are it's you, just not she possible. does in my for polyamory, yeah, Justin? Yeah, no. Is that what you're trying to say here? I mean, Justin no, has Justin just, has a whole different ball of wax because, you know, being not being a breeder, you know, he, yeah. does, he doesn't have to mm. deal with, like, the idiosyncrasies of the male and female dichotomies okay here i do have a question about the gay community do oh gay I, I, I'll, men, I'll, let me call them let me call them let me get on my phone gay here let me call men and women want to marry up how does that work who marries up and yes who of course there's called sugar daddies sugar, sugar daddies <laughs> you know no, Wait, like for you there's a lot of young there's a lot of young gay men there's a lot of young gay men that <laughs> seek out the companionship of older landed successful men and like older man. men love it because they've got a cute little boy toy in their arm and they can go, you know, to Belize or they can do whatever they want to do. Um, but now I've heard about this term called salt daddies, which I, I think that means when the daddy ain't got no sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but he just acts like he does. Yes. Yeah. I, like a salt I, I like daddy. this phenomenon. Yes. I like this phenomenon. Um, the uh, uh, salt daddy term, because it's actually like, you know, like how women lie about like, you know, with their makeup and like with plastic surgery putting and pads yeah. putting pads in their bras, <laughs> fake boobs and all this kind of stuff. I see that the salt daddy phenomenon as kind of like the, the antecedent, is that the word I'm looking for? As like, you know, the, 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 the equivalent, the equivalent, yes, of that. Right. So like, well, and don't think, don't think gay men don't do the same. I mean, they brag about, they go, oh, I'm, you know, they brag about their inches. If you get my drift. And then, and then oh, you're like, no, seven inches, D? You're like, come on now. Who are you telling? Who are you telling? Oh, yeah, I guess I'm just no, curious, God, you know, what please, is important no, in the gay no, community in terms no, of finding a mate compared no. to, you know, in the straight community? It's like, is it really different? Do we all look well, for Well, the apps have done people? a lot to destroy that. I think, you know, we used to, you know, it used to be bars were the place to go and meet people, you know, and now everything's on the apps. And I think what has happened as a result of that is the disposability of human beings for dating has never been higher. Because if you can swipe, you know, left, right, left, right, whatever, 
you're collecting it's like baseball card collecting that's kind of how i feel like with these apps it's like you it's like do you have any jose canseco's like that's kind of how it feels you know right, yeah. uh and people collect each other and then the minute there's a negative feeling or if there's like you know oh well he you know he sneezed on his shoulder and he wiped his his shoulder you know he wiped his nose with his shirt i can't date him you know it's this inability to deal with negative emotions or be like oh wow they're not perfect Right. But I think the commodability that has occurred in the gay community has been one of the reasons why dating has bec- is, is is very toxic on this side of it, because you can always find somebody else. You can get you can end one date with somebody and hook up with your next person. Be like, hey, my my date just left. You want to come over? I mean, that's the that's what I'm talking about here. I, mean, I don't want to get like too personal on this, but like one of the things that like I, I it's hard to say, but like and I don't know how to say this like delicately but like i guess i feel bad for the gay community because typically they aren't going to be able to maintain a stable relationship for the rest of their lives not that straight people do either or largely they a lot of them get divorced but at least there's like i feel like there's a chance with a straight relationship like with stephanie and i like we're we're do we're ride or die for the rest of our life and yeah, some gay people do get married and can get married and stay married, but I think largely that isn't the gay experience. Am, am I incorrect in saying that, Justin? It's it's not always. It's rare. It does exist. I have many friends who are are married, Monogamous. have been married for quite some time, monogamously married. Of course, that I know of, because I of course I'm not going to be like, so are you really monogamous? Or you know, um, but you know, it's hard and i think especially when men are younger like in their 20s and 30s they're not looking for that i think they're just out to have fun and go on traveling and do you know all that stuff and and it's very hard to find someone who really wants to be in a relationship because as y'all know relationships are hard work it's not hollywood you know um and i think the culture is one of again commodability It, it, it we come are commodified you know we're products on a on a on an app like so you have to present a profile that's almost like a a business uh, proposal. It's like LinkedIn, you know? but it you know, but for dating, but for dating, and 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 then it's you know you resume. meet someone and then they don't t- call you, and there's there's a whole social etiquette around. I feel terrible dating. for people who are trying to date right now with the way that it's the market so hard, is. You know, there yes, and it's hard for people's mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I you know I'm personally of the frame that I think monogamy is good, best for people's just mental well-being, you know, straight or um, gay, straight or gay. I think it's just good for people to mentally. That's probably not that, a popular opinion in the gay community, it is it? You. No, it's 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 what we would term heteronormative. I mean, that's the sort heteronormative. of heteronormative. Ah, interesting. Right. OK, which I always laugh about when people say that because they're like heteronormative. I'm like, yeah, because it's the norm, you dingleberry like that's it's the norm like we're the, we're the foreign exchange students you know we're the foreign exchange students in a different country here y'all are the uh, you know you all are the native you're the natives we're not the natives yeah. you know justin and i wanted to switch topics here for just a moment before we do i want to uh reset real quick for those who are tuning into the wake up america show for many of you for the hundreds and hundreds of you watching us for the very first time we're so grateful and glad to have you here i'm your host austin peterson I'm here with my lovely wife, Stephanie Peterson, who's joining us here, and my brother, Justin Peterson, who's in Boston right now. Uh, And we're glad to have you joining us on Freedom Family Friday. The Wake Up America show, if it's your first time here, just so you know, is every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. So if you are looking for a great show, a great way to start your day with a really healthy, fun, positive community, great way to start your day is right here with us. 
from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. We normally talk about news and politics and and gossip and lots of uh, great clips with uh, amazing guests here on the Wake Up America show. And then Fridays, we usually lighten it up and we have a little bit more fun. My wife, who is a social worker uh, and a therapist, is joining me uh, here now. To do, and we usually talk about a little bit lighter topics or fun topics or dating or things like that. And then Monday through Thursday, it's the regular news beat. So great way to start your day off right with lots of fun and laughter and delicious coffee from our AP for Liberty shop, uh, Founding Flavors Coffee brand. Make sure that you check that out as well. My brother, Justin Peterson, who's joining us now from Boston, is talking a little bit about his political transition, where I should say that someone who describes himself as a liberal his entire life, who voted Republican for the very first time in 2020 because of how far left the left went in terms of the 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 left's new religion that they have adopted, which some people call wokeism. Um, some people say, "Oh, well, how do you describe wokeism?" Well, without getting into like an economic or social history of the twentieth to the, and the twenty first centuries, um, I can boil it down by calling it something like cultural Marxism. Justin likes to use the term postmodernism, for example, right? But these are concrete philosophical beliefs that upend the um, the standards of Western society. Uh, and the cultural norms that we have all valued, such as the family. These are people who do not believe in the concept of objective truth, hence they don't believe in things like biological sex, for example, right? They want to upheave, uh, they want upheaval not just in the family unit, but they want a revolution in government so that we can have more central planning, more central control, more socialism, and of course, eventually socialism leads to communism. So uh, when you talk about someone being woke, they are adopting and adapting the ideas of Marx, and they are using the philosophical tools of Hegel and others in order to advance their leftist views that there is no objective truth, which there is no objective meaning, which if that was true, of course, if, they're, if they were right about that, then why are they even trying to advance any kind of culture, cultural revolution at all? What are they really moving towards? They're really moving towards a nihilism in a, in a sense. But Justin, on this, in terms of wokeism, I think that the point that really is a stickler for many people. And me being a straight white male, my words have less value on this subject than they do than yours do, because as a gay white man, you are you've got more points in the victimhood Olympics, right? If we had a victimhood Olympics, Stephanie's a Jew, you're a gay, I'm a straight white male. Stephanie we 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 talk all day long about whether or not Jewish is white. Obviously, if you're a Nazi, Jews are not white people, right? But Jew, lots of Jews consider themselves to be white. So yeah, I think I'm white. Jews are a real tough one for the uh, victimhood Olympics. But being gay, being a member of the LGB, maybe drop the T movement, Justin, you probably get the most in terms of victimhood points. So you're, uh, I mean, in this group. Yes, I mean, in I, our maybe, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I think Stephanie might win. She might win. Yeah, she might win. Is, win. The, are the Jews the most oppressed? I think no, so. No, because she's in also history, a woman. I think so. So she's also a woman. If you oh, play yeah, that, also if you play that game. But here's the thing. What if I say <laughs> I'm a woman? But what if I say I'm a woman, right? And then I, then well, I win. Then go. I get, then I'm the most oppressed now. I'm not Okay, but I'm a woman, right? So anyways, but and anyways, well, lots of leftists are anti-Semites as well, but we'll get into that. We can get to that another time. But Justin, specifically the reason and the topic uh, that I'm going to breach right now is one that is of the most delicate order, which is the one that you and I, and we had a conversation and I, and I know you don't remember it, but we were talking about this kid, Desmond is amazing. He's yeah. the child drag queen performer. 
And I remember the first time that we had that conversation with about it, I think, you know, it was the first time that you had heard about it. And I think you were a little skeptical when I was saying that I'm going to say a bad word right now on this show. And if you have children who are listening to the show, please turn down the volume on this very briefly. I'm going to say a bad, uh, a bad word. Okay. But I think that the reason why many of these people who are surrounding this young child drag queen is because they wanted to fuck that boy, that there was grooming going on uh, in amongst the community that was unhealthy and was specifically focused on targeting children and aimed at the sexualization of children. Uh, and to an extent, I think that was confirmed when at a recent LGBT rally, a pride rally, there was a chant, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. We see uh, with the push in schools to include books like Gender Queer and others describing anal sex in uh, ways that you can't even post on YouTube, which is amazing because YouTube trying to be allies, it's, for example, won't allow you to read or to monetize these kinds of books on their platforms, and yet they are advancing these things, they want them in schools. And so now I think that this has led to a split in the LGB community, many of them saying LGB, hey, but drop the T. You, for example, Justin, sort of recoil at the word queer, for example. Can you talk to us a little bit about your feelings about how the sexualization of children, specifically in regards to the LGB, we'll call it now LGBT community, has advanced since you have started your political awakening? Your thoughts? Well, I mean, so that's, a, I mean, how much time do you have? But like, uh, oh, nice. no, I, it, it bothers me because again, I, I grew up as an innocent child. See, this is the thing. I was able, I grew up and knew who, you know, I, I came in to be an adult, successfully know who I am, but I was, I got to have my innocence preserved as a child. And I think that was very important to me. Were there, are there drawbacks and things? And I did, I see gay people? No. Okay. I didn't. Um, you know, I had had no exposure to that. Um, you know, and I think that's the argument that they're using. They're saying, well, kids need to be able to see, you know, that there's gay people, lesbians, whatever trans in the world. And I'm like, okay, but why does that have to be a drag queen? Why can't it be a gay lawyer? You know what I mean? Or why can't a gay, you know, scientist come in and talk to kids? It's like, why does it have to be a drag queen to do it? So I was, so that, and also note that drag queens aren't going to senior centers, uh, you they're know, not or they're not going to, they're not reading they're books not, to senior citizens or they want, they want access to children. There's something about kids. And I'm like, well, the thing too, being a gay guy who grew up in the nineties and in, you know, like we didn't ever want to be around kids. We were always like, ew, kids, gross. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always this sort of natural, like, ew, get me away from these kids, you know? Uh, and I'm like, what is, the, what is this sort of fascination with it? You know, where is this coming from? Um, it where doesn't it seem, from? I don't, well, the be thing about it is Justin, tell us. Well, no, the thing about meaning is this, the whole project of the postmodern woke thing is to explicitly destroy what meaning is the meaning of words the meaning of cultural institutions the meaning of gender the meaning of sexual relationships and that part of that is is this map thing right it's Minor like attracted it, person it's the last taboo to be broken you see it's the last thing to be broken to be like well who's to say that we can't allow adults and children to you know commingle and and people at the people on the outskirts right who are who are carrying these beliefs will say oh no that's not true that's not true they don't read their core literature read the core literature of the people that are affecting your particular belief it's sort of like people how can i describe this it's like people who are christian but they don't read the bible 
right? They don't read the scripture. They don't really read what the Bible says, but they like just get, oh yeah, I just believe in Jesus, this, and then that they can't answer basic questions about their faith. This is what happens with ideological, ideologically possessed people. They carry the water for the belief system, but when they really look into what's there, it's like, oh, this isn't at all what I thought this was. And part of that destruction of meaning and destruction destruction of, of relationship you know, is carried in those core tenets. They just don't see it because they, the reaction is coming from outside the house. When many of us are inside the house are saying, no, gal, this is not what we're going for. This is never what we have been about. This is not what our civil rights struggles were about, access to children. None of this had to do anything with children. It had to do what consenting adults did in the privacy of their own homes and their own lives to live with the greatest amount of dignity that they could live with. Um, so it bothers me tremendously because um, there's so many factorial things about what's happening here. And it's like, it, it, it does bother me. It does bother me. See, so here's the thing, Justin, you know, I'm, I'm a rational thinking adult. I, I am capable of separating the, the, the lifestyles of adults and those who, um, who insidiously wear the cloak of, uh, LGBT liberation and desire and are truly pushing this minor, uh, so minor uh, uh, maps, as you can, this ideology that's associated with wokeism and postmodernism. So essentially what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I believe that, you know, that homosexuals should enjoy the same legal rights as adults as, as the rest of us, and they should be free to live their lives from oppression, right? And however, I draw the line at those who wish to gain access to children in order to one, indoctrinate them in their political ideology, and two, to steal inside on the backs of liberation, their, uh, to put inside their desire to gain access to children for sexual purposes and functions. Some people may think, you know, if they only hear what I'm saying out of context, or if they hear me, uh, it may sound like I paint with a broad brush when I'm speaking about these things. But if you actually listen to what I'm saying over a long enough period within context, I am delineating between these two groups because I think it's entirely possible to look at this in an individualistic manner and not to tar and feather as some like, for example, on the conservative Christian right may do and say, well, it's the slippery slope argument. And now that we have given the gays the right to marry, we knew that this is what it was going to lead to. And this is this mm -hmm. is the inevitable outcome of that. I disagree with that. I agree. I believe that there are sick and twisted individuals with mental illnesses and who are who have criminal impulses towards children and who use the rainbow flag and the ideology in order to gain access to children and to shield, shield themselves from criticism so they can gain access to women's bathrooms and so that they can gain access to uh, to the sexual interactions that they would would not be available to them. If we had a healthy instinct of the protection of our children and the resistance uh, uh, of these criminal impulses um, that are, again, using gender ideology in order to live out their perverted fantasies. Is that uh, clear enough or do I need to be more specific? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a the thing. Yes, to what you're saying, but also there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of LGBT people who are absolutely on your side and feel the same way. They're just too afraid to come out on, and say these things because I've had so many, I mean, not thousands of conversations, but many, 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 many people that I talk to when you sit them down, you have these conversations, 
rationality ultimately can prevail if the person is open to reason and they can go, oh yeah, you know what? I, I'm kind of, I'm, I kind of, I kind of feel the same way you do, but I just don't feel like I can say anything about it because I think I might get in trouble with my friends or I might, you know, this, that, or the other. And I'm like, well, we need to start getting a, a little bit of uh, some, some balls here and speak up and say, hey, you know, this isn't part of our agenda. This isn't part of what we did. And this isn't part of our civil rights struggle at all. Um, and, you know, the, the idea that representation matters, of course, there's good things about that. People should, you should see that there's people in the world that are like, oh yeah, that's Bobby and that's, that's Joe and they live together and they love each other. Boom. Okay. Then that's the end of the discussion. But like, um, this is very concerning to me because it's just, again, it's not, it is like you said, it's sort of a Trojan horse. It's sort of like, or, or a parasite that came in with the, the civil gay civil rights movement kind of, you know, coming onto it. And then like, now it's like, now that civil rights have sort of been achieved with gay marriage, it's like, okay, now what are we going to do? And and that's what some people make the, the, the comment that, you know, these, these civil rights organizations that existed pre gay rights marriage, they made millions and millions and millions of dollars. They got celebrity endorsements. They did, you know, benefits. They did all of this stuff. You think they're just going to fold up and go home at the end of it? Like, okay, we got ma gay marriage. We're done now. I mean, no, they're like, we got to keep doing now. What's the next thing? You know, it's what's like the, the NAACP and the ACLU, right? Having, exactly. accom having accomplished their goals. Now the ACLU is actually turned on their original mission statement it is calling for crackdowns on free speech, right? So it's right. It, it, and then actually, that's going to be the next topic. I want to segue, but briefly, if I can reset for those of you who are tuning in to the Wake Up America show, good morning. Glad to see you here today. Grateful to have you as a viewer. If it's your first time here today and you like the content that you're hearing, then do us a favor and click subscribe on the channel. We've had almost a thousand people watching this us this morning live. It was the, it, today's been the biggest show that we've ever had, and we're grateful and glad to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, me, your host, AP, with my wife, Stephanie Peterson, here for Freedom Family Fridays. Yes, Is they it, really like us. They do. They like us. <laughs> and my brother, Justin Peterson, who's joining us over there as well, live from Boston. We've been having some interesting conversations today. Uh, if you'd like to come back and join us again sometime, don't forget to click that subscribe button on the channel because that way you'll always be able to find us. Of course, I'm AP for Liberty Everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And one of the ways that the Wake Up America show has been able to be so successful is to remind you that no lives matter at the end of the day, at least according to Michael Myers, who you can see at our AP for Liberty shop store, uh, make a political statement while reminding the world that, that at least someone out there doesn't give a damn about your political ideology and will kill blacks, Asians, Chinese, Jews, and homosexuals the same. Our No Lives Matter shirt now available at ap4libertyshop.com features Michael Myers with his trademark knife in front of the Halloween moon and some lovely bats. You can get your No Lives Matter shirt at ap4libertyshop.com, as well as our delicious Founding Flavors coffee that you see there at the bottom of the screen. Stephanie found that awesome No Lives Matter shirt and put that I in did. the I'll shop. I'll take yes. the credit for it. Check it out. There you go. So do Black Lives Matter? I think that you can answer unequivocally, no, they do not. But neither do homosexual lives, Jew lives, or white lives. No lives matter. Michael Myers is Just the- Just a mockery. That's what it is. Yes. Michael Myers is the ultimate equal opportunity murderer. Get the No Lives Matter shirt over at ap4libertyshop.com. Very beautiful. Comes in different colors. There you go. All right. All right. So, Justin, you're shaking your head. Why? I just... No I'm wonder gonna, people... I don't know. I, I, You've always called me a gas getting, haven't you? I, I, yeah. Oh, oh. Austin. Here's Austin's... Here's, this is Austin's favorite gesture. He says, just him. Just stirring the shit. Just right here. Just stir <laughs> it up. Hot and fresh. Hot and fresh. But uh, here's the thing. I troll because I care. And also because partly because I'm bored, but also 
but also because like life would be so dull and boring without people like myself, right? We would have to sit down and listen to the sermon and no one would ask the question of, Daddy, why did God say that he should bash, the Israelites should bash the baby's heads open on the rocks? Uh, you know, there would be nobody to do things like that in Sunday school. And then there would be nobody to go and hang out at the gay bar and say, why are all of these people who are boys calling themselves girls and trying to have sex with children? Hee hee hee. Um, you know, it's, it's a, if there wasn't people like me, then the world would be a far less interesting place. Uh, if you like an interesting place and you like potsters, well, then you're at the right place. So don't forget, click like and subscribe to the Wake Up America show. We love freedom of speech because we are demonetized on YouTube because of the conversations you're hearing right now. And uh, there are just some things that you can't say. You know, as the culture war permeates American life, combatants set their sights on the ways that we express ourselves. Uh, yes. So Stanford University published uh, about a year ago um, an elimination of harmful language initiative. This is a multi-phase, multi-year project to address harmful language in IT at Stanford. Oh, no, please. It's open your mouth. Yes, that's what it is. It's the, it's the academia, academic version of uh, soap in the mouth. Uh, Dad actually did that to me once when I was a kid. The, uh, the goal was to remove dozens of undesirable terms from university materials. So among the offenders were crazy. Crazy is a bad word. Crazy is a bad word for, mm -hmm. quote, yes. trivializing the experiences of people living with mental health conditions. Oh. Guys. You guys, I say that all the time, can't and I've say. started not saying it as much. You can't say guys. Because I know girls aren't guys. Girls aren't guys, but yeah, they are. They're the guys. Uh, for reinforcing male-dominated language, yes, we are men. American, for insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. We can't say American. Can't say American, because that insinuates that, the, that uh, we are America, but there's North America and there's South America. How dare you? Where's Why where's my Greta Thunberg? How dare you? <laughs> North American? No, we're Karens. Actually, no. Karen is another word that you can't say because it's being used to ridicule or demean a certain group of people based on their behaviors. Justin, your take. Well, listen, the thing about Karen, I always have thought that Karen was very a misogynistic thing to say, right? It's very misogynistic to me. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's like anti-woman. <laughs> Thanks well, it's for very noticing. anti-woman. Well, it's very anti-woman. But, um, you know, the thing about it is, is that when you can control language, you also control how people think, you know? So that's where it gets kind of Orwellian to me, right? It's very Orwellian. You know, have you heard like double speak or like wrong yeah. think or those kind of Not terms from Orwell, cool. where it's like, oh, you the, the approved words or it's like, oh, you know, again, if you live in a free society, we should want as much diversity of thought as we can get, you know? Our, our ways of speaking about things. And also, too, that everyone's just always bitching about culture all the time. Oh, well, cultural this, cultural that. It's like, well, what if those words belong to particular kinds of culture? And who are you to say that that culture is any better, you moral relativist? <laughs> you know? So it's like, I mean, are there, I mean, like last week, just last week, I was shared, I shared a meme with a friend of mine about the word that word spook is now considered oh, racist. Oh, yeah. We, when in response to that, Stephanie was actually kind of nervous. Because uh, I was telling her once that came out, I was like, we want shirts on our website that say spook right now. Spooky, spooky. Sure. And, and it's funny because like only if you are in a particular mindset to think about things in a particular way, would you look for a reason to make something problematic so that you can control other people? 
right? Mm -hmm. who, who don't understand the meaning of that word. What's hilarious to me is like all the black guys have been talking to about watching scary movies and they're like, oh my gosh, bro, we should watch some spooky movies. And I'm like, I can't sit with you right now. I need you to think about your racism. <laughs> you know, it's like, but the uh, word, but they, but the, the article that came out that said that the origin of the word spooky, that's not the origin of the word. It no. was, it was actually later during world war two that right. soldiers would use the word spook to Correct. describe black people. But that wasn't the actual origin of the word at all. No, they did this a while back with the, the song. I think it was Turkey in the straw. You remember the turkey and the straw, da 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 da, right? Turkey in the hay, hey hey hey. So somebody somewhere along the line recorded a derogatory, nasty, racist, disgusting recording of this song, right? And then what happened is that the people that again the 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 moral elect, right, found out about that recording, and what they did is they conflagrated this the reason of that recording to the song itself. They impugned that onto the song, and they said, "Ah, that song has racist origins." And I'm like, no, it doesn't. The song was parodied by a disgusting person who made racist lyrics to it. That is not the original song. You cannot impugn the whole song based on someone's disgusting parody of that song and say, well, that's the song. So now we have to get rid of the song that because that was the ice cream truck song. Remember, everyone's like, oh, my God, the ice cream truck song is so racist. I'm like, anybody who did a, five minutes of research would be able to go. Actually, the song isn't racist, but it was made into a racist recording. That doesn't make that song racist. I mean, but again, logic burns. It burns. It's like holy water to <laughs> irrationality. I'm melting. I'm yeah, well, speaking of, if you want to get if if you want to get spooky with it, don't forget to check out ap4libertyshop.com. In response to the controversy, the first thing that we did was to drop our shirt. Get spooky with it over at at ap4libertyshop.com. Get. We've also got a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Itself, it just says spooky over yeah, there. I just want the word by itself. Get spooky with it over at ap4libertyshop.com and get yourself some delicious founding flavors coffee. We've got so many awesome Halloween shirts over there. My favorite one is the go one that just has government in all spooky letters. For for those of you who are like like to be lazy on Halloween and don't want to wear a costume and don't want to spend a lot of money on a costume, you can get a shirt that just says in green letters all oozing, it says government. And honestly, that would scare the crap out of me. So you show up at a party, it says government. And it's like, just say, just tell everybody, yeah, and I'm here to help, you know? Yeah, we've added a lot of new Halloween shirts. We have the Grim Reefer. Grim Reefer. Grim Reefer. Yeah, it's legal here in Missouri, so that's right. all cool. The Grim Reefer. We have... Burn blunts, not witches. Oh, another good one. Yes, burn blunts, not witches. Partakers. There you go. And of course, we've got some awesome the Liberty merchandise, like your "Don't Tread on Me" shirts, which apparently will get you kicked out of some schools in Colorado, uh, as well as phone cases. And Stephanie and I, we love our phone cases, don't we, Stephanie? I I made mine, and you made yours. Yeah, we literally designed these ourselves. We we design them because we love them and yeah. we use them. Mine is the neon machine gun shirt, which I actually have a neon machine gun shirt on today. But uh, you can get these at apforlibertyshop.com. Remember that shipping is free. Stephanie's got Lady Liberty while she's got a, a nice little old school phone. It's so. actually from World War One, from a propaganda yeah, poster. Yeah, we pulled out from a World War One propaganda poster. So get there you go. Get all your awesome Halloween Liberty merchandise and just your general merchandise at apforlibertyshop.com. we got about five minutes left on the Wake Up America show. It's been... P for Liberty. I we got to go P for Liberty. That is for sure. So about five <laughs> Uh, yes, because we haven't taken commercial breaks today. Normally, we'll take commercial breaks, but we didn't today just because we're killing it today. Absolutely killing it. So don't forget, if you are watching it today and you're joining the conversation with me and my lovely P for Liberty family, 
then don't forget to subscribe to the channel that you're watching us on right now. We haven't gotten a Justin uh, P for Liberty. J Justin is just at Justin J Peterson over on Twitter now X. Um, so don't forget to follow Justin as well at um, at uh, at Justin J Peterson over on Twitter, uh, and uh, he'll appreciate a follow over there at X.com. Mm. Stephanie as well at Steffi P for Liberty. And I'm AP for Liberty. So she goes P for Liberty. I go P for Liberty. We all go P for Stop Liberty. Stop saying P. Well, I can't. Um, just a few more minutes left, I Stephanie, even. on the Wake Up America show. Um, I guess we've had a really good show today. We've talked about the uh, the uh, allegations or the investigation into Hunter Biden uh, in regards to his uh, addiction to crack cocaine while holding a firearm, which I think we all agree to some extent, perhaps, that the... That's not what really the uh, the problem that we have with Hunter Biden. Um, my distraction. A distraction from the real investigation that's going on in Congress, the impeachment uh, investigations uh, into the alleged dirty dealings between him and his father, President Joe Biden, in Ukraine. We talked about uh, Donald Trump's record of COVID-19, giving Anthony Fauci a Presidential Medal of Freedom Award or whatever the recommendation was and whether or not he regretted it. A great interview with Megyn Kelly. So if you want to go back and watch the show, I highly recommend that you do so. And then, of course, we've had a much longer extended conversation with my brother, Justin, who is um, uh, telling us, op has been opening up to us a little bit about his transition, or I guess just we call it taking the red pill uh, amongst the right. And Justin, I guess I'd like to close with this conversation because this is something that Joe Walsh and I were kind of debating this week. He sees the right, Joe does, as a greater existential threat then he sees the left. So he's good. He's a, he calls himself a libertarian that's going to vote for Joe Biden. I got a lot of beef with him on that. And we disagree with that. I see, while I do see strains of authoritarianism on the right, the rhetoric, in my opinion, the rhetoric of freedom, at least is on the right, right? The constitution mm -hmm. and limited government and economic freedom, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know, there are plenty of conservative gays out there. Right. And I see the left as a greater threat because of them being hive mind. NPCs, you know, uh, uh, ideologically rigid, uh, and that the the disease of wokeism is a threat that we have to eradicate. So I have chosen to, as a libertarian Republican, to throw in with the right to fight the authoritarian left, and then we can defeat the authoritarian right. Do you sort of see it that way too, Justin, or do you see them really as just pretty much two wings of the same bird? I'd, I'd be curious to hear your well, thoughts on that. Yes, two wings of the same bird. I also think that the left has not been willing to cull their extremists. You know, the, the left is not willing to check their uh, fringe people, you know, um, and that's a problem. Uh, and I feel like, you know, the right and also to the right doesn't hold power. I mean, really, all of the institutions of power in the country are held by the left. So you know, we need a balancing act here. We need to balance things out. So I would agree with you. I think that the the blind spot of the left is that they don't, they do not call and check the most extreme voices in their party and say, you know, we are not going along with these ideas. We're not doing these things, but they just go hook, line and sinker right into it. And so that's to me, I think their Achilles heel. And that's what's going to actually be the thing that many people that are on the left are going to finally say, you know what, we're done. We're going to the right because you guys clearly don't represent our value system anymore at all. Steffi, any final thoughts? I'm just libertarian. I don't I don't really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those other parties. I mean, unless Ron Paul is running, of course. Okay, there you go. Justin, anything else that you want to say to our listeners before we let you go today and end the show? No, just think for yourself. Don't let a group be your mind. 
don't let your color, your gender, your sex be the thing that makes you, gives you your thoughts and your identities about how to walk in the world. That is dumb. Dumb. And where can people follow you online, Justin? Oh, just, you know, Twitter's cool. I don't, I just retweet there. I'm not, you know, I'm not really active in the social media space too much. You don't want to get subscribers. You don't want to get monetized. Honey, no. (laughs) I'm going to get a sugar daddy. (laughs) Justin J. Elon Musk could be your sugar. Yeah. We want Elon Musk to be our sugar daddy. All right. So thank you very much for tuning in to the Wake Up America show. Justin Peterson, we appreciate you very much, Justin. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Bye-bye. There goes Justin. That was a good show, Steph. It was so good. Great conversation. Biggest show we have ever had. That was amazing. So easy. He's so welcoming in the audience. And we almost had a thousand viewers today on the Wake Up America show. It's crazy. Crazy. Pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Anything else you want to say goodbye before before we go now? As always. Be free. Thanks so much for tuning into the Wake Up America show. Thanks so much for making this the most successful show that we have ever done from beginning to end. We're grateful to you. We're grateful to Rumble.com for featuring us today. I'm exhausted. It's been a long week. This has been the biggest week in terms of viewership for the Wake Up America show ever. It's just me and Steffi P, me and my wife, two-person operation trying to be successful. We're trying to live out the American dream. And it's been because of thanks to people like Lear Capital that you can see down there at the bottom of the screen who have invested on us. So in the time when we only had like 30 people watching the Wake Up America show, which was like three weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, don't give up. It's it's all about consistency. Absolutely. We get up every morning at 4.30 a.m. My wife helps me. She pushes me out of bed in the morning. I get showered. I get ready. I get the coffee, the Founding Flavors coffee. And I come in here early in the studio to give you a great show. So why don't you come back and join us again on Monday from every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Join us and help the revolution continue. We're all about economic freedom and personal liberty. It's a great way to start the day. Make friends, have a good laugh, and stay informed about what's going on in the world. I'm Austin Peterson. This is Steffi Peterson. And we hope to see you on Monday on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. <laughs>